2: To another Britflix.com podcast. My name is Stuart Wright, and today's guest is Christina Metropolu, screenwriter and founder of the OWL Screenwriting Program. Welcome to the show.
3: It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for the invitation, Stuart.
2: Cards on the table, listener. I am I was a participant on the first OWL program uh, last year, and I really wanted to invite Christina on to talk about the program because. Applications are now open for the second year. How would you describe the Owl Screenwriting Program? What when you when you were find, when you were founding it? What was your vision for it?
3: Well, first of all, it was lovely to have you in the <laughs> inaugural year <here> last year. <laughs> the whole class was fantastic. Um, what happened was uh, was this: I had been dreaming of um, launching a script development workshop in Athens Mm. for for many years, actually, because I, um, as a screenwriter, um, I had been writing for Greek television and films for a number of years. And then at some point, I started writing um, for the international market. And I thought the rules of the game would be more or less the same. And boy, was I mistaken. So basically what happened is I made every single mistake possible in Landing an agent, pitching my project, understanding um, what a co-production is, understanding the finances, understanding what a showrunner does. So um, I'm also a mom, and being uh, being a mother and a nurturing nurturing um, person, I wanted to to create a workshop where screenwriters could save themselves the trouble. <laughs> of learning the wrong way all the faux pas we could make so i wanted to create the dream was to create a workshop where a we could work on our scripts the screenwriters could come and work on their scripts and ameliorate their projects but also understand the business side as well because i think um, it's part of the job i think it's part of the job to know that you need to take notes you need to do rewrites you need to be able to collaborate this, so I wanted to create a safe environment where people could uh, learn those tools, and we were really lucky because um, while setting this up, I um, I wasn't alone. Obviously, I had a team, and a lot of people helped us out. Uh, first of all, the city of Athens, who is basically funding it. But um, the main goal, um, and where we lucked out, is we managed to convince mentors to come to Greece and not just do a panel or do a masterclass, but actually sit down and read the script and do one, give one-to-one notes to the writers. I'm very curious to hear your experience there, uh, because I wanted, because in real life, what happens is you write and then you go pitch and then you start getting notes, and it never starts fun it usually starts ugly so I wanted to create an environment where you can mock pitch it by sending it to someone like Dan McRae from Studio Canal or um, Brendan Fitzgerald from um, who's the SVP of Sony Pictures in Europe and get feedback from people like that who are professional working people um, before you actually officially submit it to someone so I wanted to create that opportunity and that hub
2: writers indeed and and as as someone that went through that on the inaugural one it was it was invaluable if i'm honest with you um because because on the one hand like you say you're getting that expert from the face advice and response at the point before the script gets to go out to the play the people like them out in the industry full stop so you're getting a kind of like belt and braces approach to your to your script development but also the simple, the the, the 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 sort of variety of people that I was able to have one to ones with. So for me, I was I I I had uh, Kristen Bennett from Lear Pictures, Bradley Cooper's company. Oh, well, nice. I had Dan McRae from Studio mm-hmm. Canal, and I had Peter Strawn, the you know Oscar nominated uh, screenwriter. So having though having that sort of. Variety of views and, and, and having been able to sit down, not only have they read your script, and this is an important thing to get across for anyone listening who's thinking of applying is you then get 90 minute one to one with them. They haven't just read your script and then say, here's some pointers for you. You get to sit down with them and discuss your screenplay with them, get to discuss their reaction. And that's where the best script development happens. The minute you can have a dialogue with someone that's got an insight into your work.
3: Oh, I am so happy you had um you had a good experience with that. And the class was phenomenal too. Mm. I mean, I I didn't see that coming, but but the group of people, um the group of of screenwriters, the peers and the group of mentors, um they they all we all bonded very well. So it became a very fun and friendly experience on top of all the network. Yeah,
2: I mean again, again like you said, getting people in who were going to be there for the entirety, not just to come and do a workshop on a writer's contract or what it's like to be in development? You would get up in the morning and get your breakfast, and there would be Dan McRae, and you'd get have a chat with him just over a croissant, you know,
4: and <laughs>
2: and then you'd be and 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 the the owl organised excursions in the evening. So we were a kind of like a charabang touring around together. We'd go to this place <laughs> and that place, but that all helped. With that, with that, because because networking isn't a sort of you you meet people then you then you're in your network. There is a there is a time for that, and a word we used nearly before we recorded there's a time for that relationship to percolate, you know. And in that environment, <laughs> which was a very no, okay. safe, which was a very safe environment, you were able to sort of grow grow as yourself and grow in, in terms of because you don't know these people, so you don't you can you can have perceptions of what they might want out of you, but actually. You can only be yourself when you're with people for five days. You can't be somebody else. And that's a great
4: thing.
3: I I am extremely happy to hear that. Uh, It it was a surprise, to be honest. Um, But we did speak with everyone before inviting them, all the mentors. And that's what we're doing for year two. Mm. Again, we're speaking with the people. So I guess um, the personalities that that, uh, gather are also important. Mm. Because the people that come do come with an open mind and an open heart and the and the the willingness to read and put their time to um, meet the writers and speak with them so you got to be a nice bloke to do that
2: (laughs) yeah you know and I think that's that's part I mean I mean not to make it sound like it's going to be overwhelming for someone coming on it but I think you've got to be prepared to be open to meeting new people and letting that that, that that happen, you know, not try, not, not make it, you know, you're not picking and choosing who you're going to be, who you're going to talk to or not talk to, as it were. It's very much about you're all there together. So make it a together experience, not I'm going there to win, or I'm going there to do this, you know, <laughs> whatever that might be. That would be, that would be kind of, I think that would be the wrong attitude to go into it.
3: Correct. Um, right. Though we do give awards. I was going to say, yes. I mean, I, <laughs> and
2: that, was, that wasn't me trying to, trying to wedge in a kind of segue. Um, well
3: but it was a well-deserved award
4: Stuart.
2: <laughs> yeah no that was that was a very proud moment for me
3: for those listening stuart did receive the award for best feature uh for an incredible screenplay i don't know if we're allowed to say that well but, you've
2: um, said it now but and, and i won't i won't edit that out um <laughs> but you but what i should but but for the, again for for the sake of the program it is it is you do you go away for five days to Athens, where you have the one-to-ones you have the workshops you have all the the excursions and the and the getting to know each other, then you you come away from that experience with an action plan that is your next what you're going to do with the next draft. You then write the next draft, and if I'm remembering rightly, you is that submitted in the new in the new year?
3: Yes, so we are making some changes this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're keeping the core values intact. Um, so the screenwriters will come to Athens for five days. Uh, to meet with the mentors uh, and get all the feedback and the development notes uh, that their projects uh, deserve. And then they'll go home, hopefully um, let those notes gestate uh, and uh, speak. There will, again, be a university, a professor from university. Uh, It's going to be Scott Myers this year, who Mm -hmm. is coming from DePaul. And uh, he's a wonderful professor and he is the author of a great book, by the way, called The Protagonist's Journey, which is a great book for for screenwriters. Um, So then the screenwriters will do uh, more one-to-one sessions in February with Scott. And this year we're also going to do peer-to-peer reading. So we're going to split... Like in addition to the one to ones, the writers are going to be split into two cohorts the film cohort and the television cohort. Okay. And read each other's work as well. Um, And uh, in order to better, um, to basically better filter all the notes they will be given, it's easier to then have a final session where the writers can sit down with their fellow writers and with Scott. And say, okay, this is this is what happened. These are the notes I got. This is what the direction I feel I should take now.
4: Got you. So they
3: rewrite and then regroup online in February, mm-hmm. and then the Owl circles back and closes. It's going to close uh, in September of 2024 back in Athens. And what we're going to do is we're going to expand the Owl and we're we're launching. Um, and, and we're starting from this year, we're launching the Owl Industry Days, which is going to be a two-day event. It's a side activity and all the writers are welcome to participate um, where we're bringing 20 extra people from wow. Europe. And these are going to be people from ZF, from Constantine Productions, from uh, like BBC. I mean, we're reaching out to a lot of people. These are business, business people. So it's going to be a very industry um, specific event where by 2024 all the writers will be will get to pitch their project uh their projects in front of uh, international producers fantastic yes we're very excited for this
2: (laughs) so what we should tell people is for those wanting to apply uh, i'll put a link in the show notes so where people to go so what what do what do you ask for in the application what do what's the criteria and what do people need to give
3: well, we. Uh, this is for professional writers, so people that have um, uh, have some experience, a first feature or some hours of television, because the workshop is not. Um, it doesn't teach the basics. It's it's really development. It's really. Uh, Further ameliorating the craft and giving the business tools. Okay. Credits aside, the application is really simple. It basically asks for uh, it's a project driven workshop, so you need to have a full script, uh, either a feature film or the pilot of a TV show,
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, a one hour drama. The one requirement that we have, because it's an Athens based workshop, is that the projects can be shot basically, in Athens and Greece. So it can be adapted to be shot here. They don't need to be about Greece. Really, anything can be shot here, even interior shots, even Mm. um, a a series like Tehran um, has nothing to do with Greece, but all of it was shot here. So um, because Greece has launched a very lucrative cash rebate system and we're attracting a lot of productions here, um, a lot of producers are looking to bring their work here but they don't know of enough projects that can be shot here. Ah, Okay. We're looking to to match the writers and the producers and make magic happen.
2: Fantastic. It sounds suitably ambitious. Well done.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Now, the closing date is when?
3: Uh, It's August 20th. Uh, There's, uh, well, any information, uh, feel free to check our website and the applications are on Coverfly.
2: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thanks for sharing that. Thank you, Stuart. We're going to move on to the the fun part of the show where I get to hear Christina's three films that have impacted everything in your adult life. Are you ready for this, Christina?
3: I am so ready for that.
2: Brilliant. Now, I'll just explain the rules as, 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 as little as they are. Christina's given me three films. We're going to talk about each of those films for five minutes. And when we hear this noise. Oh, boy. You can hear that at your end, okay?
3: Loud and clear.
2: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Right, then. Without further ado, let's jump in to three films that have impacted everything in your adult life. Christina, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, 1980, written by Loris Canston, directed by Irvin Kirshner. Where's this, Where's this fit in your fond memories of film? Tell us more. Oh,
3: Star Wars, Star Wars is is major. Star Wars is is massive. I, um, it fits so well my adult life that my husband and I got married to the Star Wars opening theme music. Just so you know.
2: Oh, that's amazing.
3: <laughs> um. So Star Wars I saw it uh at a young age obviously not when it came out I wasn't uh not that young but um but I saw it really young and I remember being fascinated by the world and the opportunity yeah um and not quite grasping a lot of things and then I saw it again um I mean we saw the whole trilogy um before the new trilogy came out and again before the new trilogy came out and every time i can't stop watching it every time i watch it it's it's just purely entertaining um it's mega it's it's a space odyssey and the and it's so well developed like the care it has here's what i like about star wars i'm greek so okay. i'm i am very like greek tragedy is is in my DNA. It's, mm. it's in everything I've been reading since high school, and in my view, especially *Empire Strikes Back*. Uh, spoiler alert: uh, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> it, it, that's very Greek. That's very tragic. The whole, the whole story. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. And the visual effects are great, and blah blah blah. But what I love is how deeply troubled. Uh, by fate, uh, but how deeply troubled the characters are, just by fate, by where and when and by whom they were born, and um, it's a theme that keeps that. Well, I, I find it very dominant, and mm. I'm I'm very drawn to it, um, and it's fun. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because because you've got the big the big space opera, the you know the the, the sci-fi. The... Hey, y'all,
0: Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me what inspires your music.
2: Which, which appeals to the kids it, the kids stuff but the drama is really universal and cuts to the heart doesn't it it's not the big the big emotional beats of the of all the trilogies is always about somebody being dramatically
3: i think so i think that's that's why the show has persevered this the, the the film and everything that's that's spun off after that has persevered because it's very universal and it, it's it's it it's founded on on prototypes. It's founded on, on the basics of storytelling. Mm. But it's it's at the same time very entertaining. I mean I for no reason I was I, I used to be very into sophisticated art house films and then I saw that thinking I'm not gonna like it, you know, basically it was my friends who are all boys and they dragged me to the theater and I'm like this is not for me. And I ended up Dressing up as Princess Leia and putting my hair up, and it 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 is very um, enjoyable in a in an unapologetic way. If that makes sense.
2: I have to ask if you if you got married to if the opening theme tune for Star Wars is what you walked out to at your wedding. Um, how soon into your relationship was the mutual love of Star Wars outed for the period?
3: I would uh, probably pretty early. Yeah. Probably pretty early. I mean I remember when Force Awakens opened we both went there fully fully nerded out. Though to be honest, it's it's not a huge part of our relationship. It's just we're both um I mean I have a background in, I'm a screenwriter, I have a background in acting. My my husband is is a rock singer. Mm. We're both very loud in our parties so we wanted a very loud theme that anyone would uh understand that the force is coming (laughs) (laughs) and and all our friends know the same theme so um it was it was a like my my wedding was a fun rock party i'd like to think at a beach
2: (laughs) excellent excellent so do you do you have a do you have a i mean empire strikes back in particular do you have a favorite scene
3: my father, I am your father. I didn't see that coming. The, the revelation was uh, was huge for me. Oh.
2: There's our first five minutes already stopping us in our that track. That was
4: five minutes? Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay.
2: Right then, moving swiftly along, but stepping back in time, but also going into a future. Um, 1968, written and directed by Stanley Kubrick, aided by... Arthur C. Clarke. We've got 2001: A Space Odyssey. Where do you where do you yes. first see this film? What where does this feature in your your film life?
3: This was featured uh, quite late in my life,
2: actually.
4: Okay.
3: Um, and this, despite the fact that those two films are both space related, mm. this film I've found it deeply troubling deeply philosophical deeply analytical and um the reason why i feel it has impacted my adult life is that most i could talk about the movie a lot but but the way it has affected me is Mm. that every time i tackle a theme as a writer as a thinker as a philosopher as a as a friend, Uh, but whenever I go one level deeper, um, the themes are very often, uh, I I very often use that film to explain what I mean. So, for example, for those who haven't seen the film, A, you should. B, uh, you should with patience. Um, B, there is, so the, the film, the film does a uh, a journey in space but also through time that it starts with monkeys and the, be- the beginning of evolution mm. until a oh god what's the english word for that um like a pyramid shape Monolithos. well uh, the greek word is monolithos
2: oh monolith the monolith
4: a monolith
3: oh monolith there you go so until the monolith shows up the monkey grabs it tosses it in the air and it lands back as a a, a unit control and 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 that that monolith is a recurring theme and and in a way it's all the time jumps of human evolution mm. um and and that monolith to me is is the the leap of faith that we as humans um, need and, and that big jump. So technology is uh, the monolith. AI is the current-day monolith. Yeah. Um, uh, nuclear weapons are the monolith. Uh, so that's what I mean when I say that every time we have those deep discussions or I read novels or I keep going back to that bloody monolith. And um, that and it, it's also it's, it's surprisingly modern for the time that that Kubrick made it um it also it's a very quiet film
4: mm.
3: and and, and it, I love long quiet films that that just let you get lured into their essence and uh and the music is phenomenal um, and the quietness uh there's there's a whole sequence um In space, no Dave. (laughs) There's a whole sequence in space where an uh, astronaut um, has to perform some tasks, and the computer gets. And this is this is in the 60s, so it's really impressive that this was done back then. Um, So the computer starts having a conscience, and the computer starts a revolution, almost a quiet revolution. Um, with a repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. No Dave, no Dave. Mm. no Dave.
4: Um,
2: Quite terrifying as well at that point.
3: it's very claustrophobic and terrifying, but not necessarily uh, a pessimistic film. on the contrary, I'd say.
2: Um, I mean in, in, in some ways, it's like it, it, for me, 2001 is 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 that constant nagging thing of like, you know, what why are we here? What are we here for? And then sometimes the horrible realization that it's meaningless, but actually our own lives are meaningful, even though in the grand scheme of things, no one's life is that meaningful, but it is to you. And it has to, that's all it can ever be.
3: That is beautifully said. But do you like the film?
2: Very much so, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. because of what you the what you were saying, it, it it doesn't say all that on the nose that I've just said to you, and it doesn't say on the nose everything you've said so far. But what it does is it prompts you to think. Oh, there goes the bell. <laughs> the film prompts you to think about yourself, yet at the same time, you're watching this kind of existential journey through time.
4: Mm. It's kind of like, you know, we, we
2: know we evolved from apes. We we know we, did, we, we, at this point, we know we've done space travel, but we don't. The idea of joining those two things, like, because in a way, I guess, 1968, you've got, we've landed on the moon. So we've kind of got the future and the, and the, the prehistoric past all kind of coming together as like in one moment. And therefore we, we're we constantly looking backwards and forwards, aren't we? I mean, the, the, the idea now that I think, I think it's, I think somebody said like in the last 50 years, we've progressed technologically faster than the previous five centuries. Crazy, isn't it? And and you know, we, we as human beings have to keep up with that. And I think, ultimately and i think that it, it makes sense that the film would be as slow as it is cuz slow is slow is not a pejorative thing to say it's boring it's that the slow allows you the time to th- consider what it's showing you and what and what it means to you which
3: precisely which you it, need to travel through the slow yeah. and we're still looking for that monolith. Yeah. humans it's just, it's our it's our nature
2: i mean yeah monolith. i mean you think about the 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 debates that i had about the big bang versus god you know we still haven't rationed, we still haven't worked it out we can believe we can believe in what we want but no one can present us with a black and white proof of anything so therefore it's still up for debate some things exactly but ultimately the thing that you you kind of have to focus on the fact that you make your life nobody else which is kind of a tough thing to that's that's a very that's hugely accountable to yourself, isn't it? But but in the, but like I say, at the same time, our lives are meaningless to most other people. It's not to, to the world, you know, if the world in a macro sense, not
3: so in, in the grand scale yeah, of, yeah. of the universe. Yes,
2: yeah. I'm not saying you're meaningless or I'm meaningless. I'm saying that no, in no, the I grand,
3: understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the grand scheme um, of things,
2: we are, but ultimately. To, to to get real meaning out of life, you you have it's what you put in, not what you take out. I think. I mean, yeah. I maybe get maybe escaping from the film here a bit and just I'm getting a bit of angst. But uh, <laughs> but that's what the film does, I think. I think it's a great it's a great choice to film. Now your third choice is one I'm completely unfamiliar with, so I'm in your hands
4: now. Oh, okay. Uh,
2: to learn a bit more, we're talking about 1995's Underground, written and directed by, I think it's Amir Kirsta, Kirsta Rica.
3: Kusturita. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it in his language. We call it Kusturita. I made Kusturita underground. So this is the opposite of the former uh, two films. This is a very Balkan, surreal film Mm. filled with music um, and dancing and. Crazy people doing crazy things. So it's it's, um, but it's deeply political and social at the same time. So the film uh, it's called Underground. The the story is, um,
2: what well, it's about it's about a group of Serbian socialists. I know that much.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's a group of social uh, Serbian socialists who are preparing a revolution um and uh they are um because they need to go under uh undercover they live underground literally underground okay. so the the film is said under the uh, uh, in this surreal setting where these people have surreal lives like they have they take joy and they flirt and they dance and they have sex but they prepare for a revolution Um, and, um, and there's a love triangle and it's very fiery and the, what struck me about the film is, is it the ease and audacity that, that the filmmaker uses, um, in, in the music and the joie de vivre that the film has
4: okay
3: I, and it's it's a three i mean it's it's um i think again it's a long it's it's almost 3 hour film and you're underground with these people and they want to go up for the longest time possible and finally the last 10 minutes of the film is where all the magic and all the the dancing and the weirdness um comes to uh it, it comes down to so at the last 10 minutes of the film the people come up and there's no war and they stand on an island and the island starts breaking into pieces.
4: Oh, my word. And
3: um, this is 1995. This is a Serbian director. And uh, at the time, his country was being broken into pieces. Mm. Um, and you don't see that coming. I mean, you know it's political because it's, it's, a, it's a group of socialists who prepare for the war, but the war has already happened, the country's already broken to pieces. And it and it's it's beautifully heartbreaking um, in many, many ways. So I love that film because I um, as as a screenwriter and as a person who loves films, I was um, drawn by how. You can you can tell one story, but really you're telling a different story and you can use storytelling and narratives and different mediums to show um, whatever it is you want to show. But you don't need to be didactic in any way. You can you can um, you can have it's the first time I saw a surreal film. It's the first time I saw something that um was not the typical narrative that I was used to from my. I was going. That's own. what I wanted
2: to ask. Re- reading around about it, but having not seen it, how how does the serility of the of the drama help make the point if it's not making the point on the nose, as it were?
4: It honestly, I think,
3: it, I almost don't know if it wasn't written and directed by the same person. Like, I don't know if. Um, if i were to write that and you were to direct it i don't know if it could be in the same like I, this is the kind of film uh, that an auteur would make um, mm. because it's it's not it 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 has it's a very culturally um the the serbian culture we are very uh, our cultures are very very similar so the culture and the music and the attitude
4: mm. is
3: immersed in these people um so they behave in a way that no no offense, no Englishman, no American person, no German person would ever behave. Um and and frankly that's how that's how it is. I mean we during the war and the bombings in Serbia, there was uh at the time there was a video release of uh, this violin player who just kept playing violin at a square while they were bombarding the city around him. Um it's it's in their culture. And um, I'm not Serbian, but uh, but it's a beautiful element and it's a different approach to life.
2: Wow. No, it sounds like something I should be watching. So I will... Uh, I, will... I
3: think you'll enjoy it. I no, think you'll no, enjoy it. It
2: sounds It sounds. It sounds fascinating. Um, well, look, we've reached the end of three films that have impacted everything in your adult life. Um, Thank you. We've had Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. We've had 2001 A Space Oddity. And we've, as you just heard, we talked about Underground um christina also talked about her work with the owl screenwriting program i will put a link in the show notes as to how you can find out more and apply for that and it just gives me to say thank you very much for joining us on the britflix podcast
3: thank you very much for having me it was a pleasure